This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back to our uh, Grace Deep Dive podcast, uh, where I'm just catching up on some reading real quick, John, about um, there's this guy I like to follow <laughs> called uh, the John Byrne blog, the dot com. And uh, that's, he, that's B-Y-R-N-E. Yeah. G, yeah. G, like your name. Oh, oh yeah. It's your name. Interesting. Oh, yes. Yeah, so but he's, are you, wait, are you talking about me or the comic book guy? Because there's the oh, guy, I like them I'm, both. I like them both. Uh, John, I actually, I'm a little bit less obsessed with you. Okay. Uh, and I like the comic book guy more. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's a post on the 2nd of December talking about the confessions of a reforming Grinch. Yeah. And uh, I've uh, yeah, if you know anything about John, last year at uh, Christmas time, he was the bah humbug. He self-admittedly I don't know about last year, but self-admittedly like in recent was reforming. He was, I was reforming. Yeah, he was reforming. He used to be the guy that didn't like Christmas. I hated Christmas, and now he's kind of like the Grinch, and his heart grew three sizes. Uh, my stomach grew three sizes, but your heart grew three sizes, <laughs> and, and, and uh, you're starting to appreciate the holidays. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I tried, but it's reforming. It's a, it's a it's you're a not work in there. progress. Which is why I'm gonna I, I'm gonna try to set your next goal for you. So I know that you set up your your Christmas decorations after Thanksgiving. I did the day after, which is pretty good. We're not quite there. Dude, I am not going before Thanksgiving. The day after Halloween is when you <laughs> no. start Christmas decorations. No, that is not allowed. I'm just saying. Not that, allowed. That's your next goal step. We'll get you there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyways. Did uh, you have your tree up before Thanksgiving? Or before, before uh, Thanksgiving, yeah, before yes. But not, we, we, we waited a couple weeks after after uh, after uh, Halloween. So Wow. Pretty good, though. Okay, you guys just don't care about Thanksgiving. We do. We it, it makes Thanksgiving even better when you have a Christmas tree. Is that up. right? Okay. Yeah. Well, you'll see one day. You'll see. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we're kind of uh, moving forward here. We're in the new series uh, called uh, the Arrival. Arrival. Yeah. The prophesied advent of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh, this week was the arrival of the Savior. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I know you talked a lot about uh, the curse of sin and all that kind of stuff, and and which is why we need the hope of Jesus. But kind of a joking question uh, in Genesis three, you mentioned that there was uh, enmity, enmity, sorry, between or hostility between humans and snakes, yeah. because of this curse. Well, that's not quite what I said, but okay. Oh, Genesis three, enmity, right? Enmity. Well, yeah, or no? it's not it, en- enmity. Yeah, but it's not be- between humans and snakes. It's between. The seed of the woman and the serpent. Yeah. So, so it's not like humans and snakes, right? <laughs> and is that why we don't like snakes? Mostly like, you know, like I don't like snakes. A lot of people don't like it. Yes. just kind of spiders. You like spiders? I, I thought that was in there too. That's my next thing. Is there, <laughs> is there a verse in the Bible about spiders? Oh, yeah. Not that I'm aware of, which is why I brought it up. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that that's, that's the source of that, but. You know, maybe, maybe who knows? And so, people who like snakes, I'm always suspect about those people. <laughs> maybe that's why. So, uh, yeah, actually, that was kind of a joke. But as we as we kind of continue to move forward uh, in the the idea of curses and and sin and all that kind of stuff, how does the curse the curse sinful nature pass from one person to another? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you may not know exactly, but how or why does it pass? Yeah, well, actually, I mean, we kind of <clears throat> we kind of didn't we didn't we we kind of talked about this like uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago or something at yeah. Right. Let's read, of, read. Let's come back to it then. Yeah. No. No. It's okay. I, I don't mind. I just. I just thinking. Maybe thinking that we. I think we kind of addressed it because. Um, I think it was a question from one of our one of our church members that asked a question about about that like a week 
last week. It was last week or the week before. I think it was last week. Anyways, okay, we might talk anyways, about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that we can know for 100% certainty how that works, mm-hmm. but I think we can we can say that, you know, sin nature, you know, as far as as far as when it comes to Jesus, he was born of a virgin, right? And so he had a um, he took on his humanity through his mother. Oh, yeah, um, I just not remember that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 not so much th- and not through his father. And so, so some have speculated a little bit, um, and it, it might and it might be right that the sin nature then passes through the father in, in some way. But I, I do sometimes wonder if that's a little bit of too much of a materialistic way of looking at that and, and thinking that we have to have some materialistic or, or DNA you know, or something. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. The yeah. sin, the sin gene sins in the, in the, in the DNA or, or whatever of the, of the man or something. I, I think that might be a little bit too, uh, uh, materialistic as far as a way to look at that. But, you know, I think whether it's, however it is, however it works, um, sin nature is real. It's something that we all, uh, confirm when we sin, we confirm that nature. We, 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 we go, you know, the curse happened to humanity through the curse on Adam and Eve, but, um, but we confirm that nature whenever we sin. So it's certainly real and it it doesn't take a lot of observation to see it in the world we live in. You know, I think, I've always, the thing I've always had a hard time with, and, and I probably would have fail, fallen anyways and failed, you know, quickly. Yeah. But the, I, I think it's, I've always felt it's a little unfair that How we so? are all born cursed. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, that, yeah. Like, yeah. we didn't even have a chance, you know, like, you know, it just, it just didn't seem right. Not like that I would have made a better decision, yeah. but I would have liked to have at least tried, you know? Like, what do you, <laughs> well, can you speak on that at all? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly, you know, there, there, there have been in, in Christian history, there have been, um, people who have who have argued that we don't have that curse, you know, that's a form of 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 a heresy that I'm blanking on the name right now, but um, it's it's a it's a form of of a heresy that that really goes goes back, you know, over a thousand years, and and it's the idea is that we are actually born without a sin nature, that there is no sin nature, and so there we have we do have that opportunity. I don't think that's what Scripture teaches. I think the the curse is on humanity and all that follow, and we see that curse play out in the following t- chapters of Genesis, right? So the curse happens in Genesis three, and we see immediately as we turn the page uh, that that curse being uh, established, and it, and it comes out in the lives of the of of the subsequent people, you know, um, in history. And so, so the progeny, if you will, of Adam and Eve, you know, kind of confirm that. Um, and that's why I kind of use that word confirm. Cause I think it's, I think it's, we're born with it, but we confirm it. And so I, so I don't think, um, you can say it's unfair. Like I would, I wish I could have chose. Um, but the, the way that theologians kind of some theologians anyways address that is they they will look at, and they they'll talk about federalism in, in the sense that the Adam is the head he was the, our representative of the rest of humans throughout history and um, and that in a sense you know we were we were there in in that sense that he was our representative so you can you can think it's not fair if you want to but uh, I, I guess in, like in, you said I don't mm. think I, you know we, you wouldn't have done any better yeah and, and the reality too is it it's not it's equally not, I mean, it's equally as fair for God to say, okay, so since uh, one person condemned you. I'm just going to smite you. Yeah. One, well, then one will save you. Yeah. Right. It's not like and you that's have what to Paul all talks do it. about. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to, I'm going to save you. Uh, he condemned you. Yeah. Fine. Okay. But I'm going to save you. Yeah. And so I'm going to do what, what it takes. I'm going to uphold, hold the end of the bargain that you can do. And, uh, and, 
and I'm going to take care of it for you. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. You know, actually, think, it's unfair to him, but yeah, to us, it's fair. Well, and that's the thing when we start talking about fairness. If you know, it's often if the word fair. I think is often more emotional than it is anything else. We kind of have this emotional response thing. Oh, it's not. It's not that's fair. fair. Like a little oh, kid almost. Yeah. But and we do it as adults. We just don't do it with the same tone of voice, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not quite as high pitched, if you will. Uh, mine's but, mine's pretty high pitched. Yeah. I can. But, uh, you know, but I think uh, fairness is often an emotional response. It's like, that's unfair. That's not fair, whatever. Um, but if we're really, if we really take an objective look at it, what's unfair, as you kind of pointed out, Johnny, is that, is that Jesus gave his life. He sacrificed himself so that we could be made righteous. That was unfair. Mm-hmm. What was fair is that we would be condemned. Or even in that moment that, that God would have just said, okay, that's it. You chose wrong. Boom. You're smited. You're dead. It's over. Right. Yeah, there round, would be no project. Round two. Like that could yeah. have been, that would have been fair as well. But, but God extended grace. He allowed, he allowed there to be, um, you know, for Adam and Eve to, even though they were kicked out of the garden, but they still procreated, they still had kids and their kids had kids and so on. And, and God allows that and he's providing a plan of redemption. And so, and so that's God's love and grace in, at work. You mentioned uh, last week, you mentioned the, the prophet Isaiah coming before the throne of God. Yeah. And Isaiah six. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of my favorite passages because I think what it does is I th- when we're living in a, a cursed world or bro- with broken eyes, you know, we, we, we're just not, we don't fully understand the holiness and reverence of God, yeah. uh, this side of eternity. And I think we all think we're, you know, good people and all that kind of stuff. But then you look at Isaiah, who was probably legitimately considered a good person. He's a prophet of God. Yeah. I'm sure he was a pretty... About as good as you get. As good as you're going to get on earth. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure even while he was living on earth, he probably felt like, okay, I'm a pretty good guy, you know, whatever. Yeah. But as soon as he goes into the throne room of God... <laughs> He immediately realizes, oh my goodness, I am, right. I am doomed. I am doomed. And it's like, it was like a switch. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I can project that, well, if he felt that way. Yeah, how much more? I, I probably would. And I know, and I have people who think they're good on their own, it's like, wow, you don't have no idea. Is there a way that we can kind of live with that reverence? And maybe there isn't, but here on earth, I think we would, it would be so productive if yeah. we could. Well, I think it's almost a scary thing though. Think about how, I mean, you know, you mentioned how Isaiah responded and you think about that and that's really to live with that reference is to, in a sense, constantly be in fear. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily good. I think, I think God's grace allows us in some ways to not quite fully understand God's holiness because I think it would create such fear in us that, um, you know, it would almost paralyze us in the same way that it almost did Isaiah. Right. And, and, and so I think, I, you know, I think we, I, I agree with you. I think that when we come face to face with God's holiness, you know, that will, it will impact us. We will then understand the depth of our depravity, the depth of our sin. And I don't think we do until then. I think we could catch it in pieces, mm-hmm. you know, in part, um, in the shadow, if you will, of, of reality. And we can see God's holiness. And I think that it's a a great thing to look at and to contemplate and to meditate on God's holiness and his righteousness. And I think that does help us to see, um, um, how far we are fallen to some degree, but I don't, I don't think, man, I think, I just think it pales in comparison to what we will experience when we see God face to face and we see his righteousness, his holiness up close and personal. I think it'll be, um, I don't even know how to describe yeah, mind, what I think it'll mind be like. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Mind-blowing, whatever. It'll, it'll, we will see the depth of the sin in our life. Which kind of brings me to the question I've always wrestled with is, 
you know, you've, you've heard that, that verse, and I'm just going to paraphrase, but that every knee will bow, every, every tongue, tongue will confess, confess yeah. that Jesus Christ yeah. is Lord. Philippians 2. Is that every knee? Every knee. And how does that look? Because, I mean, obviously, you're, we talked about being, you know, before the throne of God or the judgment seat of God. That's a whole different world. It's going to yeah. be a whole different mentality. Yeah. So what does that mean? I, I mean, is it going to be people who are going to literally... Uh, every I, knee? I think so. What is I that? think so. As not believers, they're not going to be no, saved. No, even non-believers will, will bow, but they will then, you know, because they will have not submitted, they will then receive the consequences of the choice to not accept the gift of salvation, which isn't, that, which isn't really the consequences of that choice. It's the consequences of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they decided they didn't want redemption or whatever in Christ. And so... I think, uh, yeah, I think their, their knees will bow. Um, it's not really, that's, that's where the choice kind of ends. You will bow and then you will receive, you know, either the gift of salvation or you will receive what, what's due you, the fairness, if you will. You'll receive what's fair, mm-hmm. which is, that's the scary part. If we receive what's fair, that's, a, that's not good. Yeah, we don't want fair. We don't want fair. <laughs> we want grace. Yeah, we do. We really and, do. And, and that's what we ought to pray for. So, um, and, and that's why we need Jesus. And that's why this, this series is so great. And, and Christmas is such a great time because it's the arrival of the Savior. It's the arrival of the one who, who will provide that for us, who will provide grace for us. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lot of your message this last week was about just the adopt, being adopted into, as a of a, as a child into, yeah. the, into the family. And I think, I don't know if it got a lot of people, I think it did get a lot of people pretty emotional. It, it's funny because, you know, sometimes you preach a sermon, you don't, you know, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect the reaction it got yeah. for that part anyways. And, and sometimes you even, you know, you, you know, it's like, it's preaching's kind of like being a hitter in baseball, right? Like you just, you just try to hit singles and sometimes you hit a double or triple or home run or mm-hmm. something along the way. And I would, I would, I would have said, if you would have asked me after the service, what's going to be the big piece here? No, if, even if you would have said, you know, John, Hey, how, how do you think your message would, I would have, I would have been like, ah, not very good. Like I, I I've definitely had better, you know, yeah. better messages and things like that. And uh, yeah, for me, I think I felt like it was, it was underwhelming. We'll just put it that way. And yet the response to it has, it was really significant and especially that piece of it, I think. Mm. Um, and, and dads, I guess, you know, the relationship between kids and dads brings out a lot of emotion. You don't really, yeah, exactly. And our, just how we're parented and stuff. And I think, you know, I got hit, you know, by yeah, that I know. too. I got a little emotional. You're blubbering up there. I was a blubbering, uh, uh, maniac up there, but you give a microphone <laughs> to me, <laughs> it's going to get ugly. But, yeah. uh, no, I mean, it was just really uncomfortable when you curled up like a baby on the stage. And I wouldn't so move. Was, yeah. yeah, and you wouldn't move. Yeah, but we're, I think we're that, kidding. In case you've never been to yeah, yeah, so no, that did that not didn't, happen. It but. didn't happen. But well, I did. I did. But I brought by the mic at mic. home when you got home. No, I took the mic with me. So you I, yeah, 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 so you could talk. Yeah, yeah well, I was still in that position. But no, I think what, I think, and the, just to kind of even clarify what what got me emotional wasn't the fact that um, that I had a hard er you know childhood. It yeah. was the fact that. I had a God who was a father to me, yeah, you know, yeah. he didn't have to be. And, yeah. and, and I felt like I, I never felt like I was lacking anything, yeah. you know? And I think that's the, it was such a, it was almost just like tears of thankfulness and tears yeah. of gratitude and joy. Mm-hmm. And then, and I wouldn't change it. Yeah. And that's the thing, that's the beauty of who God is in our lives is, is we've been going through any situation, any situation at all. And we're going to be okay yeah. if he is with us. Yeah. And then, and it kind of, it kind of, um, depowers the threat of whatever circumstances are coming our way. 
if we have Christ with us, walking through us. And that, right. that's kind of what hit me. But, you know, obviously we think about the, the obvious of the father, son, you know, especially as young men or men, whatever we might think about that. But are there other ways that God can be, you know, a, a Almost like a, a, even a mother figure to somebody who doesn't have a mother, or or a uh, I don't know, just a husband to a, to a, a single woman, or you know, like is there like a spouse? Is there a way that God can just be more fulfill more of those those things that, that humans may uh, leave us empty? Yeah, I mean, I think we need to be careful with that. It was just in regard of of where we go with that. Like, I think it can be we can go too far. You know, God God presents. But we'll just put it this way to use kind of some kind of modern nomenclature, if you will. But uh, you know, God's preferred pronouns are he, mm-hmm. his, and whatever. I don't know how to do that. But anyways, you know, so he presents himself as a father, and he presents himself. Um, groom in that way as a groom, right? So that's how he presents himself. But I don't. But I don't think his point in saying a, a father to the fatherless was that he doesn't. He only does that as a father. I think. I think. It, I think the the point is that he he provides what we need. You know, as you kind of talked about. And so I think he. I think he can. I think it can be. Um. You know, it's different, right? Like I. I. I can't put my arms around God and hug him mm-hmm. in the same way that I can like an earthly person or an earthly father. Right. And that's certainly true. And I, as a matter of fact, sometimes I often growing up, you know, even when I was, when I was struggling with the, some of the father figure stuff was, you know, why can't I, you know, it kind of almost frustrated me, but, um, but nevertheless, he, he provides our needs in, a, in ways that we can't imagine. And even when we think he's not, um, we, we do have, we do find what we need in him. Um, and he, he does fulfill them. And, you know, for the, for the, you know, wife who, who lost her husband or the husband who lost his, his wife or whatever the case might be, like, you know, God can, God can fill the void of that, of love that we think we lack. Um, and he, and his love for us is, is, uh, fulfilling in those ways. Mm. It, it's, it's, it fills, uh, it, it fills our needs. And so I think that is really important for us to understand. And the cool thing about that is, you know, the whole idea is that when we are adopted into the family, we, we, we're adopted into the family. And, and I th- that's just huge. Like we all, if we don't have a healthy family, we wish we did. Right. Like that's kind of the, you, you know, I've never met anybody who went, oh, yeah. I mean, there might be people say, oh, I don't need my parents or whatever, like in anger. But if you catch them in an honest moment, they will, They even if they don't need their parents, they wish they had parents that, loved that them. were healthy yeah. and that loved them and, and those kinds of things. And so so I think that's really important. And in God, we find that. We, we find in God and Jesus, you know, we find that being adopted into the family. And mm-hmm. I think that that's huge. So, John, uh you know, I don't have anything else to ask you. Um, I don't know if you wanted to, to bring up anything that kind of hit you this week, but if not, uh, do you have any other resources that you recommend that you came across? Yeah. I mean, doing you know, study for the arrival. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think the case for Christmas, Lee Strobel wrote a little book about that. And I think that's really, really good. Um, and, and that's, that's a lot of, uh, uh healthy Matt, um, Max Cicado wrote a little, uh, kind of, Advent devotional and there's lots of Advent devotionals by the way and which would be really great to read through this time of year mm-hmm. and um, as we kind of think forward and we look forward to the arrival of our Savior um, to think about how that impacts us um, and how that affects us when it comes to we also are still awaiting the the second arrival as well and um, and I think you know Crosby's going to preach our, our youth 
youth guy is going to preach on Sunday and he's going to talk a little bit about that. But I think it's going to be really, really good. Embrace the season. You know, it's, it's one thing to think about. Um, it's one thing to, you know, to look at Christmas and buy gifts and do all that stuff, but embrace the season and its true meaning and, and the gifts and all that kind of stuff, you know, whatever, have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Like it's fun. It's fun. And even if you have bad experiences, you know, embrace it. It's, it's a great time to, to remember what Jesus did for us and him taking on human flesh. Yeah. And just to clarify, too, I think when, you, when, we, when I tease you about being a Grinch, you know, <laughs> you were never a Grinch about the coming of Christ. No, never. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, 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 but I, I struggled with some of the commercialization and different things like that. Sure. But even that, you know, what a great opportunity we have to talk about Jesus this time of year, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody's talking about it. And listening to music. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's listening to Christmas music music everybody's you know they wear their ugly christmas sweaters or whatever it is like you know what all that kind of stuff it, it's they're they're it's in our culture and so what a great opportunity to talk about the true meaning of of, of christmas and to embrace that and you know take advantage of the celebrations that we have um even in, in secular you know and i i kind of um you know, a lot of the Christmas movies, the the modern day ones or Christmas shows, they kind of lack the Jesus part. But some of the, but most of the older ones have some reference to at least some kind of Jesus story, and um, embrace that. Go back watch those older Christmas movies that that really embrace the Jesus story, um, and, and it's awesome. Yeah, I, lo- I love Linus in uh, the Charlie Brown. Yeah, Christmas. man, Charlie Brown Christmas. And he lays it down. Dude, it's gospel right <laughs> he lays there, it right? Down. I'm like, oh man, Linus, preach. Which that was controversial when it came I'm out. Sure it was, it yeah. was very controversial because it was so blatantly Christian. <laughs> um, and yet, look, you know, one of the most successful Christmas kind of stories, movies ever was was that Charlie Brown Christmas. I think there's a point to that too. I think the point is is you might have the, the naysayers who are loud mm-hmm. and who will try to get people to be quiet. Yeah. And but the, the the masses really do they do and they do want it they yeah. do enjoy it offend everybody by saying Merry Christmas you know like that, <laughs> seriously and I, I kind of I, I can't <laughs> somewhat jokingly like I'm not a big let's let's get all about the culture wars and stuff yeah but but you know Merry Christmas I mean that that's that's a that's a great thing to say or you know hey God bless you you know this Christmas or mm-hmm. something you know to to make our language overtly Christian what a great opportunity we have to do that we should do that all the time but. Um, but what a great opportunity we have to do, have to do that this time of year and to see the major scenes and, um, you know, and people fight about it. Like all the atheist groups comes out and separation of church and state. Don't, you can't do that and all this stuff. Cause it's on wherever, but you know, you just kind of smile and know that, Hey, God's in control and, and, and what a, what a great opportunity we have to talk about Jesus. So John, let's wrap it up. What's the big idea this week? The big idea is this, your adoption is the story of your salvation. Embrace the privilege of your adoption. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.